0: when you're smiling hey you bubbly sparkling water is crisp refreshing and perfect for any occasion kind of like my voice but in a can no calories no sweeteners all smiles bubbly crack a smile Hello movie lovers and welcome to the show. For today's podcast I'm going to be talking about three different movies that I decided to revisit and those movies are Donnie Brasco, Donnie Brasco stars Johnny Depp and Al Pacino, then I'm going to be talking about the movie Blow with Johnny Depp and then after that I'm going into a little bit of a family type of movie and that is The Flight of the Navigator. That movie came out of the 1980s and you know it's actually that movie is actually streaming on Disney Plus right now the other two movies are streaming on Netflix but before i get into that i was looking at the analytics today for my show and it turns out that we're at, i'm actually in a sausage party and i didn't even realize i was in a sausage party until i looked at the analytics for this i actually have 50% of males in this joint then i have 20% of females by the way females how you doing and <laughs> Anyways, I just want to say thank you for supporting all genders. Thank you for supporting my channel. It really means a lot to me, especially whenever I've been doing this since July. So it really means a lot to me that you guys are supporting this channel, listening to what I have to say. And another thing too is I have one more announcement that I want to make, and then after that, I'm gonna get into my review. But I'm gonna actually gonna be on another show. That show is gonna be the SEN Live. After show. The after show is going to be called A Merc with a Movie Blog. And that's actually going to be the SEN Live After Show name. Not only that, but you can actually catch me in Hotel Nerd because that's actually who is going to be joining me. And a matter of fact, he was actually on my podcast. I was also on a couple episodes on his podcast and YouTube videos as well. And basically, we got invited for the SEN Live. After show, if you don't know what sen Live is or anything like that, Christian Harloff. Um, that's actually Christian Harloff's show is S.E.N. Live, and if you're not don't if you don't know who Christian Harloff is or Mark Ellis or anything like that, they're the Schmoes No people. They're actually the ones who do movie rev- movie reviews stuff like that, and they also do movie reviews. And so they changed that after they left Collider Live. Christian decided to go off and make his own thing, and that's SCN Live now, and we got invited for the after show for that. matter of fact, you can actually catch us on May 8th, 6.30 Central Time, 7.30 Eastern Time. Go on ahead, put that in your calendars. And so, let's go on ahead and talk about Donnie Brasco for a minute. So, Donnie Brasco tells a story of... This FBI agent who's playing undercover and he's investigating Al Pacino's uh, character and for the mob. And so anyways, he has to go undercover, pretend that he's actually friends with this mobster so that way he can get the information that he needs so we can go ahead and take this guy down. And along the way, he goes in through a lot of stuff. I mean, when we first introduced him, he's actually on a payphone. Johnny Depp's actually on a payphone. And he's calling his wife up, uh, missing her because he's actually undercover in New York. And a matter of fact, he's even in one of those undercover apartments where you basically there's nothing there. There's actually just a workbench and a TV and a couch probably. And so, anyways, he's just working out and, her, and stuff like that. Anyways, he calls her from a payphone, tells her that he misses her, and then it goes into the whole entire deal where he is actually in, uh, he's actually investigating. This guy. This mobster. And what I have to say about this is. I really enjoy watching the layers of Johnny Depp on this movie. Because of the fact that he goes into this movie, movie. that Where he wants to take this mobster down. And then he gets sucked into the life of the mob. And everything. To where he comes dangerously close. To where he doesn't even want to do the investigation anymore. Or anything like that. Because he's so far into this thing. But... Another thing I have to say I liked was the chemistry between Al Pacino and Donnie Donnie Brasco, which is Johnny Depp, was just fantastic. And not only that, but you can actually tell this monster thought of him as his own son, pretty much. And he has no clue that he's actually working for the FBI. And another thing, too, is my favorite part on this thing was when Johnny Depp call, calls him out and he goes, let me see that ring. He looks at it. This looks like a fugazi. And if you don't know what a fugazi is, that's Italian for fake. And matter of fact, that was actually represented on Wolf of Wall Street whenever Matthew McConaughey goes, it's a fugazi. It's a woozy. It's a it's whatever. Woo! It doesn't matter. It's fake. And that's exactly what Johnny Depp's character is trying to tell Al Pacino's character is like, forget about that. It's a fake diamond. He goes, what are you talking about? It's fake. I got it from this jeweler. He's supposed to be top-notch. He knows what he's talking about. A matter of fact, that's actually how he gets on good terms with Al Pacino's character. Because of that one whole entire setup. And everything at that coffee shop or bar. And he goes down. Da- so anyways, he goes, you know what? Let's go down. Let's go on ahead. Let's talk to this jeweler. He tells the jeweler, he goes, what the fuck you do? You sold me a Fugazi. And... The guy goes, no, I sold you a a real diamond. He goes, no, you sold me a fugazi. So next thing you know it, uh, Johnny Depp and him wind up punching the heck out of the guy. And then also too, for payment, he also takes something that belongs to the guy. And I just love that whole entire comedy aspect of it. It's dark humor, but you can't help but laugh, especially when you see what those two are doing. And, you know, you can't, beat Albacino and Johnny Depp in a movie and plus you don't even know if this movie's actually going to work out because of how Johnny Depp is and not only that but you can actually tell during that time Johnny Depp was a top-notch actor. I'm not saying that he isn't now, but he just has layers to him and everything that I really enjoyed about his his whole entire charisma and everything else when he's on the screen and you know this movie is just fantastic, and Al Pacino plays Benjamin Lefty. That's that's one of the things I wanted to get into too. Is he does play a guy? Um, like I said, he plays a mobster. His name is Benjamin Lef- Lefty, and everything. And he tells the he tells Donny. He said the, only, the another thing you have to do is you have to get rid of that mustache because in the mob or Italians, we don't do facial hair or anything like that. I do, but you know what I'm saying. Mobsters don't do facial hair or anything like that. They believe in being clean cut, hair slicked back and everything. So Johnny Depp goes on ahead, shaves his mustache and everything to make him look the part for being in this mobster group. And I just have to say, it's a roller coaster ride all the way through this movie. He's also struggling. Johnny Depp's also struggling with his own wife at home, too. He's away from his kids. He's missing his kids. Then there's also another scene in the Chinese restaurant where, you know, he's actually wearing a wire and then he's panicking over the fact that if he takes off his boot and everything, this could go, this could end bad for him because he's actually in a Chinese restaurant with other mobsters who took off their shoes because that's actually the policy for the restaurant in a Chinese environment is to take off your shoes and he doesn't want to take off his boots. So... He winds up fighting with the Chinese restaurant's uh, manager or waiter, but still, that whole entire suspense part of that whole that part that scene was just something like, "Oh God, is he gonna make it out of this movie alive? Are they gonna find out that he has a wire? Is he gonna, are they gonna find out that he's an FBI agent?" There's also another part where he winds up. Doing something with a boat that belonged to the FBI. There's a whole lot of stuff that actually unpacked in this two and a half hour movie. But let me just tell you this. This movie is fantastic. If you're looking for a good gangster movie. and And here's the thing. We haven't had a good gangster movie in a while. And don't get me wrong. I love the Irishman. I like what they were able to do for what they did. But a real good gangster movie and everything else. We haven't seen in such a long time. But... Donnie Brasco is one of those movies that I can actually sit there and revisit over and over again, and as a matter of fact, it's fresh in my mind even whenever I when before I even revisited this movie, and it's such a good movie, and like I said, it's gonna it's one of those edge of your seat kind of movies, and you're wondering if Johnny Depp is actually gonna make it out of this thing alive or if he's even gonna become a mobster himself, especially whenever he draws the line between FBI agent and gangster. So there's that scary element where he's being sucked into that lifestyle. And especially when he sees the money, he sees the cars, he sees what the gangsters are doing and stuff like that. And he's like, I want a piece of that too. But I'm also an FBI agent who has to try and bring these guys down. I'm growing close relationships with these guys. And it's hard to do. And they they do a whole lot more stuff that I'm not going to get into Because of the fact, if you haven't seen this movie... And I know it's been forever since this movie's been released. I don't like to do spoilers for older movies. And that's just because of the fact that if you guys um, are seeing this movie for the first time... I want you guys to have the same type of impact that I had when I was first watching this movie. So that way you can go ahead and tell your friends about it and everything else. As a matter of fact, my favorite line in this movie too... If you actually remember on The Sopranos, where they say, hey, forget about it. That's where this line came from. Hey, forget about it. Sorry, my Italian side is actually taking over, but that's what it is. Hey, forget about it. It just means forget about it, you know? But hey, <laughs> if, you, um, if you're looking for a good gangster movie, check out that movie, because the chemistry between them two is just fantastic. Perfectly well executed. The cinematography with this movie is good as well. And... You can't go wrong with those two actors. They're textbook great actors. All the way around. When you get Johnny Depp and Al Pacino in the same movie. So that's what I'm going to recommend for you guys to actually check out. Then I'm going to tell you to check out the movie Blow. Now Blow is one of those Johnny Depp movies. To where you can actually tell that he's actually doing some serious acting. Just like he did in the movie Donnie Brasco. But Man, this is actually based off of a true story. And, you know, matter of fact, I have got the year wrong about when this movie came out. It didn't come out in the 90s or anything like that. It came out in 2001, so I do apologize for that. But, you know, it's based off a true story. It's in the turbulence of the 1970s. The international international drug trade underwent a fast, violent, and... Uh, revelation, and one ordinary American was at its center. But in just a few short years, George J- uh, Jung, Johnny Depp, a high school football star, single-handedly became the world's premise imp- importer of cocaine from Columbia's Midland cartel, cha- uh, changing the course of the entire generation. So another thing, too, is when you get introduced to George... And everything you can definitely tell that he's actually at that stage in his life where he's actually where he moves out of his house, and when he moves out of his house, he him and his buddy of his. As a matter of fact, his buddy actually played on Remember the Titans and Boy Meets World. He's that big old huge uh guy. I forgot what his name is, but anyways, they move out out of their homes and also move move out into California. And the very first thing that they do is they start selling weed and they they were one of the biggest weed pot dealers in the California area around the 1970s and he they wind up going from that and then of course trying to find ways of smuggling the smuggling it in with every oh, with airlines and stuff like that and then of course he gets busted and the cop and he, I, I still love this scene. Where Johnny Depp says, why are you busting me for? All I have is a couple of plants. And then the judge turns around and goes, yeah, but your plants were also illegal. And then slams down the hammer and sends him off to jail where he actually meets part of the uh, cocaine uh, problems and everything else inside the prison cell. And what I mean by that is he meets one of the cartels and he said, you know what? You had the wrong dream. He goes, what do you mean I had the wrong dream? You were doing the weed. Have you ever tried cocaine? So they go from smuggling weed to smuggling cocaine. And they do the, the airline attendance during that time. Didn't really get searched or anything like that. or For steward, stewardesses or anything like that. So they were able to actually sneak cocaine off of the... Off of the uh, airplanes and stuff like that. Without any problems. And then also too. They also tr- went somewhere to also smuggle. Uh, some other stuff. Some other cocaine as well. And he became one of the highest. High rollers for the cocaine industry. Within. Within the 1970s for the and not only that but you also have Pee Wee Herman in this movie as well which is actually kind of funny because he's actually plays this big time weed dealer who turns cocaine dealer and it's based off of a true story and I want to say that Ray Loretta is even in this movie too playing George's father and Get this—the mother, his mother, even knows the fact that he's doing uh, selling cocaine. His wife's doped up on cocaine, and everything else. And they want, and they also have a daughter. George is one of those despicable characters to where you know that he's going off the deep ends. And what I mean by that is he was high as a kite during his uh, wife's delivery and stuff like that. Whenever she was delivering the baby, and then he passes out. And you know, but they have this huge mansion and stuff like that. And you're wondering if George is actually going to get himself back on back, back straight again or anything like that. He goes straight for a little bit, then he go. Of course, he winds up going back doing what he always does, which is selling cocaine, distributing cocaine and stuff like that. And like I said, he's one of those despicable characters because of the fact that you know, his he got his wife addicted to cocaine as well. I'm not saying that she didn't do that already, but he got her further into the whole entire cocaine business. The FBI raids them. There's a whole bunch of stuff that George puts um that puts everything on the line for his on his family and everything and puts a lot of drama on his family because of his business. And then also too, this is what I want to get into because I I just remember they go to Mexico at the very beginning and they sell, they wind up getting the weed so the way they can actually smuggle it into the United States so the way they can sell it in California. But anyways, let me go on ahead and get out of that whole entire area. (coughs) But you're wondering with this whole entire scenario if George is ever going to come out of this thing. What's going to happen to George by the end of this movie? Is he going to get killed by the cartels because his best friend also backstabs him in this movie as well, which is also part of the uh, cartel, cartel dealer, and everything that he meets in prison. Then there's some other shady stuff that actually happens. Like I said, I'm not going to give spoilers in this whole entire thing, even though it came out back in 2001. Like I said, I want you guys to actually have the same experience that I did whenever I first saw Blow. Blow is one of those movies that I can actually go back and revisit again, just like I can with Donnie Brasco. And it's a suspense movie. You're on the edge of your seat. You are actually feeling bad for his parents and everything because they're all because George is also putting them through hell as well. And what I mean by that is with his cocaine business and then also too with his own drama, his own problems, and things like that. And, you know, you really want George to actually succeed. You want him to be able to win this whole entire thing. And By the end of the movie and everything, you're like, okay, so that's how this story ends with George. And it's just, you know, it's just one of those movies that, you know, there is some emotion to it. There's some drama to it. There is some comedy to it. There's a little bit of everything for everybody. There's some romance in this film too. And, you know, this is a great movie. And Johnny, it just shows the level of acting that he can actually do. Not only that, but, Penelope Cruz is in this movie as his wife. And, like I said, she winds up becoming even deeper in with the whole entire cocaine thing. Then, Ray Loretta uh, is in this movie as his father. And, you know, there, even the, the deepest thing that would actually kill me was the fact that his own mother didn't want to look at George in the face or anything like that because of the stuff that he's done. His father, who was also a plumber... You know, because he... Here's the thing. George always looked up to his father. His father and him always had a good relationship. And his father and him always had that special bond between the two of them that you can actually feel on the screen whenever him and Ray are actually on the screen. And, you know, you can feel that connection between father and son. And he's trying to guide him in the right direction. He's trying to do the best he can as a father, but he knows... That he also feels as a parent as well, which also hurts too. Even though he doesn't say it, but you can actually see it in Ray's eyes whenever you actually watch the movie. But tell me what you guys think about Blow and Donnie Brasco. I'm curious about what you guys think about those two movies. But that's what I'm going to end with, with Donnie Brasco and also Blow. But now I'm going to talk about Flight of the Navigator. And Flight of the Navigator is one of those classic Disney movies that I decided to go ahead and revisit because I was kind of curious about how the effects was going to hold up, especially when it took place in the 1980s. And of course, you know, you have that 80s cheesy flavor to it. You have this kid who winds up waking up out of a coma who basically, he didn't age at all, even whenever he woke up out of a coma after chasing his brother through the woods and... He wakes up in 1983 when it was supposed to be like 19 in the 1970s, and here's the thing: he didn't age. Everybody else aged. His parents aged, his brother aged to be a uh, teenager. All his friends is like 20 years old, and then of course they don't live in the same house they did they that he lived in. Whenever it was the 1970s, so his life's all screwed up. To the point where it's like, okay, where's my parents at? What year is it? It's kind of like Robin Williams coming out of the board game in Jermonti and going, what year is it? <clears throat> but, you know, you actually feel kind of, you actually have to feel some type of sympathy towards the kid because of the fact that he's trying to figure things out. He's not sure where he actually fits in with everything. And then, of course, he winds up making, the they call the hospital up, his parents do. And they make him do all kinds of different tests on him just to make sure that his brainwaves is okay. His brain is fine. But his brainwaves starts picking up a, a signal from their machines. And their machines wind up, winds up drawing a spaceship. And the spaceship actually shows up before that actually happens. And basically the U.S. government winds up taking it in. But on that whole entire sheet where you actually see the brain waves and everything the kid the kid winds up drawing a picture of the spaceship and then next thing you know it NASA decides hey let's go on ahead and investigate this kid cuz he has to know something since he drew something with his mind with that spaceship on that paper so at first they're hesitant about um not wanting him to go to NASA or anything like that. His parents are. And then he goes, Well, I do you want to know why you haven't aged? Do you want to know why uh you're doing this with your brain waves and everything else? I can help you, kid. You know what? Come to NASA. We'll go on ahead. We'll help you out. So that's why he decides to go that's why the kid decides to go on ahead and go go to NASA. Another another thing is, too, if you know Sarah Jessica Parker, she's actually in this movie's a little small bit part, but she's in this movie as a teenage girl who loves Motley Crue. And he's, of course, not familiarized who Motley Crue is. His music taste and everything else is, everything that he grew up on is pretty much gone. And he's trying to readapt this whole entire year. And then also, too, trying to adapt into that Na- with NASA. And then she tries to help him out by sneaking him out of his room. And then that's whenever he winds up finding the spaceship. And his whole entire plan is to try and get back to his family. And let me just tell you this. You're in for a treat with this movie. Yes, the special effects don't hold up today. As a matter of fact, I would have to say that they might actually have to remake this movie or reboot it. And I know that's a dangerous word whenever it comes down to something that's as classic as The Flight of the Navigator. But... The special effects just don't hold up. But as for the plot line and everything. I really. Uh, the plot line is just fantastic. Then also too. You actually have the spaceship that's also a character. In this whole entire thing. Because there's actually this AI that's in the spaceship with him. And with the kid. That's what I'm calling him as the kid. Because I can't remember his actual character name. But. He's actually in the spaceship with him, and they're interacting with each other. He does, The AI does not know what laughter is. He doesn't know what certain words mean or anything like that. But he goes into the kid's mind and everything, and he's able to know what laughter is. He's able to know what friendship is. He's able to actually interact with that kid's character. And that's what I liked about it. The chemistry between... The AI and the kid is just fantastic, and then of course there's a lot of comedy into this movie too. Of course, it's a Disney movie, but you know there's also music by the Beach Boys in this movie, which I find that's actually pretty funny because him and the AI starts singing and dancing to the Beach Boys in this in the spaceship, and then of course they're tr- the kid is also trying to figure out if he wants to go back in time or stay in the timeline that he's actually in where he doesn't actually fit into but you know like I said this is actually one of those sci-fi fantasy type movies to where you can actually enjoy with the whole family and not have to worry about if it's too violent or anything like that and I strongly recommend watching this movie with your kids because I grew up my mom went on ahead and introduced me to this film back when I was little and I fell in love with it and it still touches my heart even now. Because of the fact that I had that memory of her popping a VHS tape in. And just letting me watch that movie. And I remember the very first time that I actually watched the kid going up in space. And everything within the spaceship. And it just blew me away at how amazing that is. It made me use my own imagination of what would it be like if I went up inside the spaceship and everything. Would I... Would I be able to control the ship? Would I be able to fly it? Just like the kid could? I don't know. But still, there was that imagination of why I loved it. And I have to say, the the like I said, the chemistry between the AI is great. The visual effects are not so great. But the plot is great. The acting levels, eh, it's got some cheesiness to it, you know? It's the 1980s. I mean, what are you going to expect? But... There's also another part where he actually goes to Louisiana. He goes and finds this... um, He's trying to get back home, of course, and he gets lost. But the funny thing is, he goes into Louisiana, and there's this guy named Al, and Al is just shocked at seeing a spaceship aircraft. And that was even funny. And then, you know, the AI is over there making fun of people, doing jokes, stuff like that. I mean, it's... I had a great time revisiting this movie. So if you haven't seen Flight of the Navigator or you haven't heard of Flight of the Navigator, I strongly recommend that you guys check that out. I think that you and your family could kick back, relax, stuff some popcorn in your face and forget about this whole entire coronavirus and just enjoy this film for what it is. And another thing too is I do want to do a little bit of movie news. I already did my three revisits and stuff like that, but I do want to do some movie news. And it's regarding the Uncharted movie. I know that I've been saying this over and over again, but finally, finally, they were about to break ground. And that whole entire coronavirus thing winded up happening. And, matter of fact, Tom Holland even confirmed it today that they were on the set getting ready to shoot, and all of a sudden they had to close down production because of the fact about the coronavirus. And I just, like I said before in my other podcast, I just feel bad that this film hasn't been able to get off the ground like it's supposed to. And it makes me sad that we might not even get, to get around to actually seeing it until maybe later on. And sometime in the future, after all this is done. And I'm glad that they started shooting and everything. I'm glad they finally broke production. And like I said, not until they said, Hey, this movie's going to break production and everything. And then they're going to start shooting. That's whenever I was going to believe that this movie was going to take off. And now it's back off again. But my my anticipation for this movie is now amped up. I'm excited for it because of the fact that it was about to shoot. Like I said, if it wasn't going to shoot or anything, there was no sense of me even being excited for something that hasn't even been breaking down production. So that's my viewpoint on that. And then I also want to talk about the fact that Quiet Place 2 was supposed to come out this month. Matter of fact, it was supposed to come out last week, and you know there was actually reports today that said that they're actually pushing it back to Labor Day, which is actually a surprise. But Paramount decided to go ahead and hold back the release date for a *Quiet Place* two for for this year and put it onto uh, and decided to go on ahead and release that. For Labor Day weekend. Which I'm totally fine with. Because of the fact that I'm excited for A Quiet Place 2. If I have to wait a couple of months. I'll wait a couple of months. It's not that big of a deal for me. Because I'm still excited for it. And then they also put uh, Top Gun Maverick. They put that on hold. Put that on the release date as well. They held that back. That's going to be coming out this year still. So I mean at least we still have some films still coming out this year. Some films are still out on hold. But... At least we're actually getting some movies and everything for this year. And like I said, I'm excited. There's there's a reason to be excited. Because we're actually going to get to see movies for this year. That we've been wanting to see for a while. So that's a plus. And then of course we still have our digital movies that got released. We got The Way Back. We got uh, The Invisible Man that came out. We got Onward. We have a bunch of other movies. But I'm probably going to try and review some of those, but not all of them, because it's like 20 bucks a pop, and I don't have like 80 bucks on me to where I can just blow right now, unfortunately. I would love to review every single movie that's that they actually release on digital, but I just don't have the funds right now for it. But anyways, that's pretty much everything that I wanted to talk about for right now, but tell me what you guys think. Do you guys like Donnie Brasco? Do you guys like um, blow. Did you guys like the flight of the Navigator? Tell me what you guys think about Tom Holland saying that they were actually on the set of Uncharted, and then they had to pack up their stuff because of the whole coronavirus catastrophe. And then also too, tell me what movies that you can't wait to see. Are you excited about the about a Quiet Place too? Let me know. You know what? Matter of fact, you guys can go on ahead and send in your questions and everything. I'm gonna put a, put in the description to where you can actually send me in a voicemail message. And I might even air that on the next episode and I'll answer your question right there on the podcast so the way you guys can actually send me in questions or if you just tell me how, if you guys like the show or not or anything like that, tell me what you guys think. And until next time, bye-bye. And don't forget to also smash that share button and share this with anybody. Tell everybody about Movie Lovers Night. and until next time, bye-bye.